right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Raw and Unscripted. I'm Jake. And I'm Dominic. Dom, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good. Glad to be back at this, doing another episode. Welcome to all you listeners out there, huh? Welcome, welcome, welcome. So today we have a, a good one for you lined up. So we're going to go hit some uh, quick news around all the leagues. We got NBA, MLB, NFL, all that kind of stuff covered. Even PGA today, maybe, if you get lucky. Um, and then a little bit later, we're uh, bringing on some friends of ours to uh, talk a little hockey. Playoffs just kicked off, and um, they know a hell, of a, lot more, hell of a lot more about it than I do. So it's nice to get them on the show and um, talk a little bit hockey with them. Get some different opinions and stuff. Yeah. Good talk. Yeah, it should be good. Um, but before we get into their interview and um, our segment with them, uh, let's start us off with a little bit of quick news. Dom, what do you got? Um, so first things first, this is news and also figure we could get into a little two-minute discussion about it, but the NBA playoff picture in the West, uh, the eight-seed oh, you know, battle. Right now. Yeah, it's, it's coming to a close. Uh, we've got one more game for all these teams, right? Um, yep. Portland is in the eight seed right now, and there's three teams that are half the game back. The Grizzlies, who did have the eight seed for the longest time. Uh, the Suns, who are undefeated now in the bubble. And then the Spurs, who are also tied with those two teams in a half I'll game. tell you out. what, I can't believe the, the Grizzlies had as much of a cushion as they did. They are only the nine seed, and they won, what, one game? You mean much, as much of a cushion as they had, like, going into the bubble? Going into the bubble, yeah. Yeah. Like, they they uh, surely should have locked up the eight spot. And uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody should have been fighting for the nine. But now we could see both the eight and the nine be overtaken by teams that weren't there originally. Yeah. Kind of nuts. Um, it's crazy, though. Like, we were talking before recording, you know, that this – like, when we were originally talking about our – NBA bubble predictions and stuff like that. We were saying, right. like, oh, the Suns, they have an outside chance. And we were kind of laughing about it. We yeah, like, remember when I said that uh, their win over the Clippers doubled their chances of the make of the playoffs from 1% from, to Yeah, 2%. to – literally, that's how it was. And we were joking, like, back then, like, they'd have to win all their games to get in. And here we are, and they've won literally all their games, and they still might not make it. Yeah, what's their, their situation is that they have to win out, so they have to win – tomorrow against the Mavs, and they need a little help. They need Portland or Memphis to lose. Which, if you look at it, Memphis is playing Milwaukee. And so they're, they're a tough team, so that could definitely happen. Man, however, really just... however um, Giannis is out. Uh, he had a, a one-game suspension. He head-butted somebody. That's so, true. Wow, that so is pretty – that might have been Giannis. a big, big break for the Grizzlies. I mean – but. Who knows? Who knows? Still interesting. And the Spurs, the Spurs, they're on a 22-season in a row uh, playoff streak. So if they don't make it, that 22-season streak ends. Wow. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. That's crazy. They play the Jazz. Not an easy game. No. No, not at all. And they win. Yeah, they need help. I was going to say, it's not just that. They beat the Jazz, and they need Portland, Memphis, and Phoenix. They need two of those three to lose. Which is nuts. They need That's a lot of help. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. A lot of help. Um, but Portland, they win and they're in. That's all it is to them. They uh, yeah, destiny. They're um, they seem Memphis to have too. Memphis too. Portland, they just they win they're, and they're in. Portland seems to have the easiest route in. I mean, I guess you could say Memphis, but they do have to play the Bucks, which is probably 
toughest matchup here. I mean, the Portland Portland has to play the Nets, who I think we know are just like you know their record is actually better than the Blazers, but I think we just know like they, right they don't the they're not the Blazers same team. Blazers are on fire too. Yeah, and the Nets aren't the same team now as they were earlier in the season. They've lost players. I don't, I don't see Dame uh, allowing the Blazers to lose. So no shot. Yeah, he's going to score doing, 80 if he has to. I don't see them losing. Place your bets on Damian Lillard because he's just going to do it again. Right. Put some respect on my mother. He's going to go off. That's what he has to say. That's what Dame has Dude, to say about that. That guy's new. Yeah. So, uh, another quick um, news. What else do you have? Um, well, last Sunday, Colin Morikawa won the PGA Championship. Congrats to him. Um, super young guy from California winning it. Uh, Harding Park in San Francisco, uh, big Sunday push. You know, like before. Did you, see what, before he, did you see what he said when he got into his groove? No, what did he say? He's talking about how, like, he knew that he was on his game uh-huh. that day. He knew he was on. He was like, you know, when Steph Curry shoots and he knows that it goes in, he was like, that was me hitting the ball. <laughs> Maybe not the exact quote, but he was like, I, I know where I'm hitting this ball. Like, every yeah, day. like, like he, he was, on. he had figured out. It's, I mean, I watched. Um, most of the weekend and he was like he played fine the first like couple of days but he was like outside outside chance and like guys like brooks were up there brooks yeah. didn't play so well on sunday but it's like sunday, sunday is the uh make it or break it i mean yeah. exactly he's I mean, sticking he just, around he went off on sunday Morikawa was sticking around he had to be just good enough and he was and then sunday he made his final push yeah clutch eagle on the 16th to basically lock it down I like that guy too, dude. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's he's really good. He's he's just good, man. That's his yeah. second win um, since we've recorded this podcast, I believe. He has more wins than missed cuts on the PGA Tour. Damn, that's a crazy stat. Wow, that's a great stat. Good for him. Good for yeah. Colin. So I mean, he's he's you know he's one of my favorites now. I like him. Just exciting to see what he can do. What else we got? Uh, so Joe Kelly, his suspension was reduced to five games rather than eight games, which I guess that's better. thank God. I it's not <laughs> great, but holy cow! Like the the eight game suspension was just absolutely ridiculous in the first place. Like he didn't even hit the guy; he yeah. threw behind him. Yeah, I mean, now, he finished five the inning. Games, like, five games is still like okay. Like if that came out originally, like if the original suspension was five games, I still think there would be a whole lot of backlash towards it, but. It's better than eight, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. has he already served the games then? I don't think so. I think because he appealed it. So, the, he, so he since he appealed it, he was playing, and now he's going to start guess, the – I'm not sure when it starts or when it when it did start. I just assumed that's just that he I appealed think. it because that's what everybody does when they get suspended. And basically sure, yeah. Appeal it. Like Loriano, they got – did you hear about that fight too? Yeah, Loriano yeah, yeah. got a few games suspended, and the Astros hitting coach – Astros hitting coach, Centrone or whatever his name is, he got 20. Yeah, I will, dude, that guy just needs – yeah. yeah. Although, come on, like, that's not going to – he's a hitting coach. Sorry. If you watch that video, like, he's – he is standing at the top of the stairs of the dugout looking at Loriano, just, like, clearly just chirping and, like, calling him to the dugout, like, waving him, like, come and get me. Yeah, and then he got all cowardly. As a coach. And, and hid and hid behind. Yeah, yeah, what, what – that's just silly. That's just, just – I, Yeah, I just so can't silly. believe that happened. So that makes silly. the Astros look so terrible as an organization. Yeah, that's not the only thing. I mean, yeah, it just it just hurts their image even more, though. Yeah, it, it's, just, I don't know. 
not helping there. You what else doesn't look good is the 187 batting average from Altuve. Yeah. Yep. Not much I can say. And the multiple errors. Oh, I have a cool uh, a cool stat for you. Part of quick quick news. I guess not really news. Some news. I don't know. But on this date, what is it? August 13th. Thursday, August 13th. On this date, on this day and time, Lou Brock had his 3,000th hit. As a St. Louis fan, I figured you'd appreciate that. I would. I, I mean, I do appreciate that. 14th player uh, in MLB history to do so at the time. So. That's a cool stat. Cool stuff. Lou Brock. He's the man. Great guy. Um, the MLB is considering a postseason bubble, which I think would be very beneficial for them. No, it has to happen. Like, we've seen how well the bubbles have worked already for hockey and NBA. MLB is just – right now, currently they're a mess with the COVID Dude, situation. so bad. Um, I think that they're just going to find a way to push on and play through because that's just, you know, the nature of baseball right now. But they definitely could use help with the bubble. Yeah, I think the – just the way that the regular season's gone. I mean, hell, at this point, like with the Cardinals, like, yeah, I don't even know what they're going to do with it and, like, how they're going to call yeah, them just even postseason today, eligible. Just a few hours ago, we got another update that another another Cardinals staff member got tested positive. So Friday's game, tomorrow's game, uh, postponed. Yeah. Hopefully they'll play another. Saturday. I don't – but who knows at this point? Yeah, Saturday I still mean, should be – well, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals have played five games, so. Dude, I, did you see the stat? That was I talking about this? That, Yeah, I, I was last time. They have to make up tw- nearly 25% of the season while everybody else is still continuing to play. I just don't see, like, even if the Cardinals play all those games, like, there's just no way, man. Yeah. I don't I, – what's going to bother a lot of people around the league is if the Cardinals were to see themselves in a position that were playoff – a playoff position – and they did not play 60 games like everybody else did. It's, they're going to be some un- upset other teams. That's what I'm saying, man. That, you know, you go off win percentage or something, and maybe that they are in a playoff spot. But you can't tell me that a team who has the same winning percentage that played 15, 20 more games than them, and, they don't, and they're not in the playoffs, and a team that played less game is in that position, you can't tell me that that makes sense and is all fair to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost just – like, I agree with you very much. Like, I, I, I just – I don't want to just throw away the season as a Cardinals fan, but it's like I want to see Cardinals baseball, but – Yeah. It almost seems I, like it would be a better option from the outside looking in if they were to scratch the season right now. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know how that works with saying. scheduling or what, but that would be I – don't, I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing them making everything up. I guess they could do seven-inning doubleheaders. Even then, that's not – I mean, I guess what is people real? are going to have something to say real. about what is it, real know? this season? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, it's just like no matter the way it goes, like if people are if the Cardinals make the playoffs, especially like people are going to have a fit. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's not the uh, the same way that everybody else went about it. Yeah, um, but hopefully this weekend they can get back at it, and I mean. In regards to the the bubble thing for the playoffs, I think that, like you said, the NHL and NBA have just done a, you know, it's clearly working. And if baseball wants to, I, I mean, it's, it, it might just be me uh, as a Cardinals fan. Like I just haven't watched as much baseball as I would have thought, you know, because the Cardinals haven't been on. But it's it's also just I, I wonder if, you know, it's just the aura around baseball right now is just insane and it's crazy. And I don't think that there's many 
as many people watching as we thought maybe. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I've been watching a ton of baseball. I've just been so happy for it to be back. I think for us true fans, I think people have definitely been tuning in. There have been some good games on. Definitely some good games. Some, some teams that come out of it that you may not expect, like the Tigers that are playing well right now. Yeah. That I think a lot of people are watching. Now, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if it's still the same numbers, but in terms of you know upfront popularity, I think right now a lot of people are tuning in. Yeah, I just think that it, just, in general, though, like about it though, because we're yeah. in St. Louis, and St. Louis is just kind of like, oh, we're not playing anymore. That and that, that's like right now. and you know everybody that you know we we know and hang out you know, mentions the Cardinals and all that stuff. But that's I fair. I think that there's definitely a whole lot of buzz around the league. I just think that I, I I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think the bubble would really uh, heating up. You know, I think it would just prove well for MLB. I think it would yeah, exactly. be a good move. It, it would just good, be good, knowledgeable, logistical move for them to finish complete the season and have probably the best chance at doing so. Yeah, and I would think that they would probably – it would help them just from a marketing standpoint. Like, you know, I mean, like at this point with baseball, like if you see an ad, you're just like, oh, I wonder if that team's going to play tomorrow. And that's how I feel, at least. And that might be my pessimistic view after these 15, 20 days of not a lot of Cardinals. But I just think that if you can control these things in a bubble, then we should do it. Like, no, like that, no question. I do question. think that if it's possible, they ought to do it. I know it's definitely different because they opted to have everybody play at their home ballpark and travel around a little bit. Um, I do think, though, that they are – definitely uh becoming more aware they being the mlb that they're becoming more aware of what's happening around the league and how to handle players exactly we saw in cleveland two players break protocol they didn't test positive they just simply broke protocol and they immediately sent them home to to quarantine um and so they didn't even give give them a chance to infect others which i definitely think is a positive in terms of how they're handling the covid situation in this season but i would like to see the whole league and the rest of the other teams buy in. I would hate to see, you know, like that, like I said, those two guys who left, who broke protocol, I would hate to see them mess it up and turn the Cleveland Indians into a Cardinals situation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I just think the, you know, from the start, the MLB could have handled it better and you're right. I, agree. I think it's getting better though as we go. Yeah. Season, as we talk about things, as we see things come up, as situations occur, as new things happen, I definitely think it's getting better. Um, but they probably should have, you know, had these things figured out a while ago, but they were Before. too busy fighting about money. Yeah. I mean, they knew this was going to, you know, yeah. hard to say that, like, they know they, they know that someone was going to get. Right. Infected. I mean, it's, it was inevitable. It was inevitable. It was just going to happen. But hopefully, yeah, so. hopefully the bubble would be, would be, well. I don't know if that ever officially came out that they are doing the bubble. I just know that they're considering. No, it. no, yeah, it's not official, but it's, it's a rumor. And I wonder what that would be like. I wonder if they would have like one, you know, unbiased ballpark or city that it would take place in. I don't know how that would work, but, or maybe like just a handful. I don't know. Like you could do, I don't know. you could do like California and then use both LA stadiums and hike down to San Diego or something and have well, like yeah. that hub area. I mean, still just a little travel. You would minimize it, but I don't know what. I uh, yeah, I'm not sure how they'll do it. I mean, it makes like sense to me that they would do just multiple multiple courts, or you could go to like 
you know, how the ba- how basketball is doing it where they're just – it's not a home court, but it's just a court. You could do that for baseball and go to, like, a spring training facility where there's just, like, a bunch that's of – That's what I'm saying. I say they – I mean, that's what the original – because remember, like, when all – I mean, months and months ago – Right, they like, were going to do that in Florida and Arizona, weren't they? Have, like, yeah, two no, that's what they were talking about. That's – I mean, that's what they should do. That's – yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, you're right. That's probably what they should do. I don't know if they've decided that or what, but that's or if they can, like what the logistics are. You don't need, you know, the whole stadium atmosphere, especially with no fans. No, yeah. I mean, at this point, like, I mean, aren't the Blue Jays playing in a minor league stadium? Buffalo, yeah, they're playing in Buffalo. Buffalo Blue Jays this year. Sounds good to me. I mean, no problems. They're they're playing just fine, actually. So. But I heard a rumor though that Cincinnati wanted to have you know, a little bit of fans this year before the season was over. Just Cincinnati specifically. I don't know. I have a hard time believing that the uh, MLB will allow that. Yeah. I mean, we can't even get one of those teams in their division to play. (laughs) Very very fair point. Yeah. Very fair point. Who knows what they're going to be like. If we can't control the players and how healthy they are, we certainly can't control fans coming into a ballpark. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah. They can't even figure out how the hell to manage the players right now. Um, other news I have that Charlie Blackman is just scorching hot right now. Yeah. That man is just absolutely on fire. I know it's not our segment who's hot or who's not, but he is so hot right now. I had to bring it up. Dude is batting 472 right now. Just the other day, he was actually statistically at 500. He went Mm -hmm. 0 for 4 the other day, so it dropped him down a little bit, which broke his 15-game hitting streak to start the season. Um, he's currently 34 and for, for his last 72. 34 hits for 72, I bet. He's currently out hitting the St. Louis Cardinals, who are I batting mean, 261 right now. Yeah. Like as he a team. probably has more at-bats than all of them. No. As, as a team unit, the Cardinals have like 170-something at-bats. That's like a team. <laughs> But, That's what I was joking. But, but they have the same hit. They have the same amount of hits right now. With the HF they have the same players. amount of hits? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he he has the same number of hits as the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, good for Charlie Blackman. He's having a very historic stretch. I mean, I know it's only so many games. What is it, 17 or 20, something like that? Yeah, it bounces around. Somewhere in that range. Yeah, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, historic stretch. The Rockies – Man, there you are. Uh, I'll just say, I'll just say, right, just keep an eye you, on Yeah, no, I was going to say. Keep you, an eye on them. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm here for it. You mentioned that they could, and uh, here they uh, are. And they, they, I think they heard me. What do you think? I think they got a whiff of uh, I guess so. They it must be trending. Are we trending? Are we trending? Are yeah, they, they trending? No, we're, we must be trending. They must have caught a, a little glimpse of our show and heard Both. us. Both. Oh, they, well, they the are trend, trending. The trending hashtag is uh, – Jake and Dom slash Rockies. <laughs> so they are for sure trending because they are on fire right now. Charlie Blackman has a 506 on base percentage this year right now. 506. That's not OPS. That's not OPS. That's yeah, OPS. just just on base. Yeah, how nuts is that? I mean, that's, yeah, you especially for can, a guy that uh, I think it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? Like throughout the whole year? But I mean, it's, sixty games, I know, but still. it's weird though because it's one of those things like for a guy like Charlie Blackman, he has a shift played against him like a lot. Yes, and he's so still like getting, he's still getting it done. Well, yeah, I just think it's one of those things. Not, I'm certainly not trying to like downplay anything. I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm giving him props for hitting around the shift because that's something a lot of guys can't do. I agree. But 
it's something that like if if there becomes a time in the season where he stops squaring the ball up so much, then like you know I feel like we could see his stats come down a lot. But either way, like so you're telling me. You're telling me that if he stops hitting the ball as well, he's not <laughs> going to have his good stats. That seems yes. like a crazy take there, Dom. I don't What I'm saying is if he doesn't hit it over the wall, then he'll hit it at the second baseman slash shortstop on the other side of second. See, but he's still not cranking out bomb after bomb. He's finding gaps though. Like if you watch a lot of his hits, it's, it's yeah, very it's like just power driven. Like he's just getting it done. He's squaring the ball up. He's getting it. He's, he's hitting it where they're not. That's what all I have to say. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's hitting it where they're not. Wherever they're at, he's not hopefully, hitting it there. Hopefully, he keeps doing that. I just, I, I, I hope so. I would like to see him hit 400. Over I'm not, yeah. Strike. I know I everybody out there is going to think, oh, it doesn't count, not a full season. But hitting 400 during a 60-game stretch is still a remarkable feat nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, still ridiculous. 34 and, for his last 72 is, is ridiculous. He was yeah, like no 30, matter what. 33 for his last 66 at one point or something. I mean, if, I don't know. if, if this was a normal season, we would be sitting here saying like, oh, this is one of the best stretches to start a season ever instead right. of talking about like what it and looks I, like. I, I still think that if it was a normal 162 and had August 13th been in April or whatever it was that, you know, early July, whatever, that – we could still potentially be talking about will he hit 400 in a full 162? Granted, it's a lot much, uh, much more difficult thing to do than just 60 games, but I still think that we would uh, have that conversation at the very least. Yeah, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, and, and it's just more interesting to look at it in this smaller 60-game season, you know, to, to talk about can these guys hit these stat lines? You know, it certainly makes it a little – uh, more reachable. So I would love I'm, to see Chuck Nasty just keep it up. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. So you know, shock the world. I think that's his uh, Twitter handle is Chuck Nasty with like a Z. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's the nickname. That's yeah. That's the player we can nickname, I believe. Uh huh. Yeah. Chuck Nasty. He's a he's a cool guy. A lot, this, a lot of people. Have you seen his progression of his um, roster pictures throughout the year of him? You know, he has like the long ass hair mullet thing that he's rocking now with the beard and everything. When he first came to the league, and you know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I love those progressions. When he first came in the league, it's it's like who is that guy? You yeah, like it's like Stephen Adams for uh, the NBA. That's a good progression right there. Yeah, that is. I that is. That I completely that different one. looking dude. Every time. Um, last bit of news and major news. Just broke today. Dom, hit us with it. George Kittle? George Kittle. Getting paid. Big money. Big time money. $30 million guaranteed up front on the day of signing. I would love to make $30 million just to write my damn name on a piece uh, of paper. Sounds great. That sounds like the easiest money I've ever made. Is to sadly, he has to do a little more than that. Well, I shouldn't say sadly because it's pretty cool. We like George Kittle. He's an exciting football player. Great dude, too. Great dude. Yeah, great personality. Love, He's good I, for I love, love just listening to him talk and, you know, his comments about everything and the way he plays. And definitely definitely is a guy who's a gamer and has fun, has fun out there on the football field. A lot mm-hmm. of fun for him. But, Are, yeah, five million – or five years, $75 million. Uh, big time money for him. Uh, yeah. Um, so, in regards to the contract – 
I mean, I don't think, I think that we know at least that there's, there's no one like uh, coming up, you know, we all, like we talked about Mahomes, we talked about who's next for the contract. Like, is there a tight end that you think is next up for, for a big money deal? And, and I mean, maybe it's not that big because for, I think for a significant deal, maybe we, we could say significant. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 uh, like generally large. Yeah. Contract. Four or five I years. So. I think so. Um, who it's going to be necessarily is maybe more of a question than will it happen? Because I think it will happen. We're starting to see, you know, have your prove yourself out there and become, you know, one of the best and you'll get rewarded for it. But who it's going to be, Mark Andrews, I don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that I think that could not push for that quite that kind of money, but still make a name for themselves in the next few years. Not that they haven't already, but, you know, move, move closer towards, towards that. Like I said, um, you know, other guys out there just, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think Andrews is a good name to bring up there. Um, I think if there's anyone, like, young tight end coming up next for the big contract, it's probably him. But he does he does have to prove himself a little more. You know, it's only been yeah. you know, low volume in that, that offense. Um, the Ravens, they're, they're a running team. He had, a, he, had the, he had the MVP with him, you know. Yeah, exactly. Pretty hard not to win there, you know. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, I would say that Andrew's probably next up. And there's other guys that are like way outside of like already being like they're they're not they're not great yet. They haven't broken out yet. That uh, that might have that potential eventually. Um. I mean, there's there's other. I think there's two guys that are well-deserving of the money, but just haven't made it. Who have already proven themselves, like Ertz and Kelsey, who've just strictly proven themselves for it, um, but just didn't set the standard with the contract that Kittle just did. Yeah, I also – I mean, there's something to, like I, – I think Ertz is being very forgotten about just in general in the NFL, like this year. I think, I think in the last two years. In the last two years, he's yeah. been forgotten about. Like three years yeah. ago, three or four years ago, you know, like he was like the name, the star name to, to, yeah. to grab in your fantasy drafts and everything. Pretty sure but, he broke the receptions record for tight end. Yeah, wasn't that – yeah, that was nuts. And in the past two years, he's just been kind of overshadowed a little bit, which – Still I mean, a great play. Maybe rightfully so because there are definitely other guys that, to, that are to be talked about, but definitely still relevant. Yeah, I think – More than relevant. Good. Great. Oh, yeah. No, he's great. Yeah, he's still yeah, top he's three. He's probably still, you know, top three guy at the position. 100%. And people, people are kind of forgetting about him. I think it's mostly just because Kittle is like the new hotness, you know. He's right. He's the, the think, one everyone wants. Do you think Kittle's sudden surge of excellence is what propelled him to get this contract? Or do you think, I think there's – yeah, I mean, yeah. There's something – Because, like, like, if you think about it, Kelsey and Ertz have been this good, if not better – arguably for longer time than Kittle has, but just hasn't, haven't made the money yet. Yeah. I think that when, you know, in in a lot of leagues, but just in in the NFL in general, like if you have a guy like Kittle who gets drafted and, and, you know, the team likes him, he's got the athletic, um, you know, board, like you talk about his, his, you know, 40 time and all that, like his ability to block and do other things than just catch a football. Sure, exactly. And and he's super just electric. So, like, I think that the minute that that guy like that in his first couple of years, like, if he breaks out and as good as Kittle did, like, breaking some records and stuff, it, it's pretty hard to not give him money. Oh, well, I agree. He definitely deserves it and definitely the right situation for him. 
but it makes you think, like, why didn't this happen with Kelsey or Ertz? I think, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. I guess – I don't know. I, well, I think it. why is just because it wasn't precedented. It, was, it wasn't seen before, and so it wasn't expected that they would get that kind of money. And so now that Kittle has, has that we might see more of it from other guys who broke it out. You know, I think yeah. Kelsey and Ertz might have already outgrown that, that type of money for their early production. Not to say that yeah. they in the long run can't make more than that or whatever – but I just think that now that the precedent is set, we could see it happen time and time again if the right circumstances um, show up. The more I think about it, though, I think that there's not going to be a lot of tight end contracts in the next five years that come really close to this. To I, be don't, honest. I don't think – I mean – I mean, close, I, I shouldn't know. say close. Like, Could, could – I, I don't want to say no because – you know, Kittle kind of came out of nowhere for a second. but Yeah, but there's just not a lot of guys like Kittle that come out. Like, how often do we see a exactly. tight end break out yeah. like Kittle? Yeah, I mean, just in sheer possibility percentage-wise, you're right. I don't think it's going to happen, but still definitely could. Yeah, like, I mean, I think about the young tight ends in the league now that with high draft capital, you know, that we're supposed to be these athletic freaks kind of like Kittle. Like, I mean, Hawkinson and, and Fant from last year. I like Fant. Yeah, like they're both they're both really they have high high ceilings. They could be really good players in the NFL, right? Uh, and they're big play guys. So like, those are the type of guys. But especially for a tight end, I think it it comes down to the offense a lot. And the offense in San Francisco runs they run the ball a lot, and when they pass it, they give the ball to George Kittle a hell of a lot. That's true. So like that helps. Sure, that's not quite like what Denver and Fonz doing out there. Exactly. Yeah. Like if. Not to say that it can't, but you're right. Just because of the situation, yeah. I think like everything Kittle. aligned right for Kittle to get exactly. This yep. Like and Kittle is the number one option in that offense, and realistically, for like the Lions with Hawkinson and Fant with the and Broncos. it didn't just happen. Like they like they purposefully uh-huh. arranged for that to happen. It wasn't yeah, like, like oh my god, he's he just keeps catching footballs and just happens to be open. Like no, he was like their focal point. Yeah, they were like, oh, this guy's Besides really good. We're gonna throw him the ball. Right. Like, like, this is, like you, this is you how we're going to win. You think about Fant, and there's so many other mouths, like Sutton and their rookie out there that they have now. Who, who, do, they, who do they draft? What? What would you say? The, are draft? you talking about Denver? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, but there's, there's definitely more guys out there to, that the offense can be focused around rather than just, like, one singular guy. It's just like a, it's like a team offensive effort that it might not uh, align correctly for that kind of money. Or, or um, excellence to be had. Yeah, um, I, yeah, like you said, I just think that targets-wise, you know, focal point of the offense, George Kittle's that man. And I don't know if there's a lot of tight ends that we'll see have that type of target volume in the next few years that are looking to get that contract. I agree, but uh, good for George Kittle, man. Yeah, everything, everyone loves George Kittle. Everyone's happy he to really see him. is. Big for the league. Uh, I was listening to him on another podcast the other day, and um, he was talking about his tattoo, how his tattoo that he got is uh, of the Joker, of Heath Ledger's Joker on his arm. And he talks about how he got it because he believes in, like, alter egos. And, like, so when he's on the football field, like, he's that vicious character of the Joker. And so, like, that's, that's like, where his mind sinks into to go and so we got that tattoo on his arm. I don't know. There's just something. I know that's cool. That's the type it's of guy he is. Like, he's fun. Yeah, like just a fun, a fun guy to be around. And it seems like. if and you ever see like football, you look at him yeah. and you can just 
I mean, you got to love football to get to the NFL. You got, you know that. But you look at him, and he has so much fun. I don't yeah. – like, if they if the NFL doesn't play in front of fans this year, which they haven't come out to say yet, but if they don't play in front of fans, I think that he's going to have just as much fun playing in an empty stadium as he would if it was, you know, the Super Bowl last year, you know. He's just going to love it wherever he's at. He's just going to love playing football. Mic'd up videos of George Kill are pretty much all gold. Like, he, he's – like, when he's out there making plays and, and stuff, you know, like – You know who I miss mic'd up? Who? Andrew Luck. Oh, yeah, like the, the – gets smacked <laughs> by the defensive end and then gives him a pat on the back. Hey, says, hey, nice man. Hit. hey man. Hey, man. Go ahead. Nice hit, buddy. <laughs> That's classic. I can't believe he retired. Yeah, still. And that news broke. I was like, I didn't, like, I like turned my phone yeah, off. Yeah, it wasn't real. It, back on. it was like, it, who, who just hacked Bleacher Report? It's so funny because I definitely remember, uh, like, that was a time where like a lot of people were drafting for fantasy football, and Twitter was blowing up because yes. people were just like, I yes. literally just minutes ago drafted Andrew Luck. Like that and, night, yeah, and the then he just took him. Retired. Like, he was, he was, he was an MVP candidate going oh. into this, going into the season. It wasn't Huge. like he was washed up. Yeah, no, he he was primed to have a big season, and he was just like, "Nah, I'm, I'm gonna keep my body safe." He said, "I'm, uh, I'm gonna walk away. Maybe go find a cell phone to buy, and uh, move Dude, on." What with is my he? Life. I don't. know. What's he doing? Is he just rich? Is that all? I don't know. But his dad uh, kind of ran the XFL, but that's. Yeah, that's, that's new, I guess. But his dad doesn't. Does his dad do that anymore? Well, it's weird now because the Rock. We'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah, and that the group, Rock and that that group. Uh, I don't think so because I don't because he wasn't an owner. Oliver. Luck. He wasn't he was, owners, but he just worked, a commissioner. Like, yeah, he worked. You know, he worked for the league and for McMahon. We'll see. We'll see. I don't yeah, know. yeah, it'll probably be. Different. I don't know what I don't know what Andrew's doing. I have no idea. <sighs> He's not getting paid like George Kittle. You know, he he should just uh, be an analyst somewhere. He why? Should, why, but why is? Hold on a second. I don't think that he would like the camera like that, though. Yeah, you're probably right, and it probably wouldn't be exciting. They probably would try to tell him to shave his neck beard, and he probably wouldn't be too happy. Or like that. grow like a full head of hair too, or like do well, something with he it. Can't, you know? but he might just have to shave it all off and go bald. Or yeah, I guess I just he could wear hats that. every day. That's what just he could do. Put a helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> he could wear a helmet every day to the office. Yes, that, way he would, then, um, that way he wouldn't have to show his neck beard and his hair. Like yeah, that's just, true. He could just be like helmet guy. Man, Andrew Luck is just gold. Like, why? Why? Why did he go? <laughs> Poor guy. ESPN, though, you know, that Monday Night Football spot that has now needs to be filled um, and, and probably will have to be. And uh, um, if college football doesn't happen, maybe Saturday Night Football as well. I, that, that, that's apparently a thing. Like, it, yeah, the like NFL a, like is a like a real uh, rumor that that might like, happen. Apparently, it's some inevitable thing that if college football does not happen, that the NFL will just jump all over Saturday nights. And assuming, I, I guess, that they think that it. they'll make more money, which okay. they probably will okay. make okay. a lot that, of money. You're watching football Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Man. Well, will they still – I guess they'll still play on Sunday. How would that work? Oh, they yeah, they would like, still play on Sunday. They would just split them up. They would have more primetime games. Half slate, half slate, like just – I don't know. They should spread them out, though. You know how, like – Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll spread them out, but, like – just more primetime games. Like, I, I don't know yet. I would hate in, it if they, did like, if they did, like, five games on Saturday and they were all at the same time. Like, that would suck. That, yeah, if they did, like, what they did on Sunday, 
Where yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, ho- hopefully they do like two games at noon and like two at three and then like one Saturday. Well, night. I don't know about Saturday day, like college football. Like maybe, but I was thinking like a Saturday night football, you know, like or that they, was their game. Like they do that uh, week They do 15. for Thursday. They, they do the, the Saturday yeah, when they night get, thing at the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, when, when they get late in the season, they do bump some games to Saturday. From I think that they've they probably – they probably know something like that about they probably, make more money off of those yeah. games on Saturday. I so would love like, to have more prime time. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm not saying no. Yeah. I would love it. Watching football more. Uh, yes. Invite me over one month. We're like one month, like one month exactly away from football. Yeah. We got to figure out our draft. We got to get that figured out soon. It'll yes, happen. It'll, be yeah. well. It'll happen. We're not going to miss it. I know that much. That's for sure. I will not let that happen. Um, any more news? I, that's all I have on my list here. Um, well, minor news, not much to really say about it, but for well, we'll find uh, something to say about it. For you, you St. Louis people, the MLS ex- or revealed the whoa, 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 name. what, what? The MLS revealed the name and logo for since the when team? Literally, like two hours ago. Oh my 11, god, I missed that at eleven o'clock. What's the logo? It's a, it's a, it's red. That's the color. The logo. It's, okay, I'll take red. The name of the team is St. Louis City SC, so like soccer club. All right. It's, you had I don't me. know if I you, love it. I got really excited. You had me for no, a St. No, Louis great. thing. But they just dropped the ball. St. Louis City SC? Uh-huh. That's the name of the team. That's all they got? It's not great. No! Check, check it out, though. Look at the, look at the, the logo. Well, it's that's cool that they're making progress. I'm excited for the team. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean we have that's three years, cool. so yeah, but that's super cool. I'm glad uh, it is cool. Yeah, it's good for St. Louis too. It's good for St. Louis. Yeah, it's that's that's really the point right there. It's gonna be hard to you know chant. Let's go St. Louis City FC. I think it'll either. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like how people will say it. Like SC. I think I said FC. Maybe just SC. that's too. They might just say City. Or just like. St. Louis. I think it just be or STL City. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't like know, man. It's, it's, oh. Yeah, no, it's not good. We're just sitting here getting What's, more sad about it. Think you think the Washington football team, Washington, is a team or club? Washington for the what used to be formerly known as the Redskins is it the Washington football team or is it the Washington football club? I don't remember. It's the Washington football team, but that's great. See, they that's should. better though than St. Louis City SC because there's it's like a mouthful. If they would have just done, you know, St. Louis something and just, like, FC, kept it after just, that. Like, literally just – Literally FC. that. Yeah, just, that would have like been that. that would have been just easier to roll with. Clean. Clean, easy, navigable, everything. Just rather than you – know, it's just a mess. Just jump it's weird. It is. It, it's a little much. I don't know what to call them. So but I do want to check thing. out the logo. That will be cool. Check yeah, out it's Twitter. Um, the, the, the logo will be up on Twitter. On yeah, our, there you go. Our raw and scripted. Twitter. Um, we'll Let us know out. what you think about it. Yeah, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. Because um, obviously but, we're uh, kind of hit or miss on it. Maybe not. I'm not quite sold yet. So no, I, I from what I've heard from from some of my buddies and stuff, they're not so happy. But it's Colin, what does Colin say? About Colin, it? Colin likes it. Well, good for Colin. But I, I think I'm kind of just in the middle, indifferent. It's it's a thing, so that's good. Hey, if we can get a cool chant behind it, I'm I guess I'll be okay. With we'll it. figure something out. We got three years to figure it out. Yeah. So there we go. To work. Let's not waste any time. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do to figure out a chant for St. Louis City SC. All right. 
that's a good bit of news, Dom. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so now um, I would like to welcome on our, our guests um, for our interview. Um, stay tuned. Check them out. Uh, I thought it was a great interview, but um, yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. So uh, here we go. Today on the podcast, I would like to welcome Paul and Gable. Guys, how you doing? What's going on? How you doing? I'm glad that you guys were able to be here today. We'll talk a little bit about hockey with you guys. Um, glad that you guys are here and talking about this stuff rather than me. I feel like you guys probably have a little bit more background on this than uh, either Dom or I. Yeah, just a couple. Good to get a couple new uh, voices on and chat some, chat some sports, right? Always glad to see who's out there, who has some information to share. So um, let's start us off with a few questions. So Paul and Gable, the other day, I don't know if you guys were watching much of the game that goes around the league, but you guys saw the five-overtime game. How nuts was that? Uh, slightly unbearable after the first sec- or the second overtime. Um, you could just see that a lot of the guys were getting slower out on the ice. That had to be like a seven-hour game. Slower skating, slower shots. Zone yeah. entries were a little sloppier. But did you watch it? Uh, Gable watched the whole thing. I watched up until about the after the fourth overtime. We decided it's time to watch a movie because we know that the end of this is going to be a very gross goal, nonetheless. Yeah. Gable watched the end of it. If you want him to touch on uh, that, props to you, Gable. Props to you. Yeah. Well, it was uh. You know, I'm I'm a big overtime guy. Uh, you know, just shows who the real heroes are. Who who uh, is there to uh, you know get the team going? And uh, so yeah, after like the first one, you know, I thought it was probably going to end in the second, end in there, into the third, and then from there I was pretty much locked <laughs> in. I was like, I mean, I'm not leaving until someone scores. So yeah, you you're already committed. You committed. Yourself. Yeah, you were committed. Yeah. Th- that leads me to the question of with it going five overtimes, how do you feel about people out there saying that you know this is stupid why don't we just do a shootout at some point what no do you think about the shootout? no chance no I mean it makes sense in the regular season just because you know they're on a time crunch and you know it's only two points that you're trying to to win but I mean at, at this level it's uh the game means yeah, so much absolutely it's so the, yeah, the true the true hockey it. fans out there want to see the sloppy goal rather than the rather than oh shooting yeah the, the shootout just leads to too much individualism and the overtime is more of a like hockey's such a team sport, um, you can't just have w- the weight of one game, uh, such a meaningful game, lie on the shoulders of one player or I guess two, in the sense of a goalie and whoever's shooting. You can't have it like that. I mean, it was cool to watch it in like the Sochi Olympics back when Oshi scored all those goals and stepped up for us. But like him and Quick were the two main guys in that whole shootout, and it made it exciting. But there's just something about playoff hockey that you have to end it as a team. What about what about thoughts on like a three on three rather? I like the three on three. I didn't. I was really skeptical of it when they first started, but in the regular season, I could see it. It just it also limits it to it's not strictly individual, but it's less of a team effort because you can just throw out your not quite your the, top defense, real hockey your top defenseman, yeah. and your top scorer, maybe a fastest guy. You can have a chance for a breakaway. Yeah. One good shot, yeah. something like that. It's interesting. It definitely, interesting. definitely seems like in the uh, like the three on three overtimes, it is like that. Like it seems like eventually the the way that it ends is there's a lot of 
a lot more like two on ones, you know, I mean, that makes sense. Less people on the ice, more room. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's an interesting factor. And that's what they say about the international hockey too. Like the international ice is bigger and they yeah, that's true. More, the faster skaters, not as much like the, the strength, like the brute guys, they don't show as much skill as the faster guys. So they excel more like in the KHL, the international leagues, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with three on three, more ice, the faster guys are going to come out on top for the most yeah. part. I definitely uh, am a huge fan of the shootouts, but I do agree that in playoffs, it's nice to have that, that one sudden death banger just go in and everybody goes nuts. We'll leave the sudden death shootouts to uh, soccer. They can keep yeah. the PKs. We'll keep the, uh, the endless overtime. I like that idea. That's endless idea. overtime. Well, I think it was like, like that. Yeah, that, that was like a seven-hour game, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Did like, they, they have to that. postpone a game that was supposed to happen in the same arena? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the uh, – what game was that? The was Bruins, Bruins and Hurricanes? Bruins and Canadians, wasn't it? Bruins and Hurricanes. Hurricanes, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was supposed to start at like seven central. So they just moved it to the next day. Yeah. Well, yeah, that game lasted what seven or five overtimes. That's a total of eight periods. That's – two games in half another period. Like, good luck trying to get any other games in after that. Yeah, that's just insane. With with them being on the East Coast, that's – you're pushing that game back quite a bit. It's a lot I don't of know. That's I would like to see the, uh, like, time on ice stats. As you guys know, all four of us out there, uh, we're all from St. Louis, and so we're big Blues fans. Um, I don't know if you guys were watching the game last night, but I was, and it was, you know, a disappointing ending and everything. But what seems to be the difference between the Blues right now and how they played last year versus last year in, in the combination of last year and like before the bubble? Like, what's the difference? Why why aren't they winning games right now? Um, to be honest, it seems like they're forcing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, shots, a lot of uh, you know uh, different lower quality yeah, shots. Yeah, definitely, they're just forcing things and. You know, as much as I'd like to not say this, I think winning the Cup may have got to their heads, and now they think it might be easier than it was to uh, to go again. And uh, yeah, I mean, in the bubble, they haven't won a game. And oh, three and one. That's that's just not good. Um, but I'm I am really hoping that at some point they start figuring it out and they they decide, you know, this isn't working. But I really do think it's a lot of like they're just playing sloppy. Um, it's like the team chemistry might be off a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Is it the chemistry or is it, are they just like complacent? Well, if you think about it, with Tarasenko didn't even really play until the the restart. He was injured for pretty much the whole season. So coming back, they put him back on the top line with Schwartz, Tarasenko, Shen. And that line worked together a lot. They had great chemistry. Um, Shen really just slid in and took over the Latera line that used to be the STL line. but with it not working well with us being 0-3-1 and, and O'Reilly on the second line, might as well just go back to the lines that got us where we were last year and that we're really clicking. Um, so, I I mean, everybody used to uh, give Hitchcock a lot of crap for switching up the lines a lot, and Barubi's really stuck with the lines that he's been throwing out there. But if we're going to win some meaningful games like in this first round – if we're going to get out of the first round and win these, might as well switch up the lines back to what we know works. I agree. That's probably a, 
a logistical thought process, logical, yeah. nice. But do you think that they will be able to get out of the first round after the first game? How do you feel? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think I think they showed some spurts yesterday, especially that short goal. That's just, I mean, a completely individual play. Uh, that was beautiful. Knocking the puck away at, the, at our own blue line, dashing all the way down there and going five-hole. That was beautiful. Uh, and Markstrom's had a decent year. Um, he made some good saves. He's really got a lot a lot of help uh, in the offensive zone with Besser, uh, Pedersen. And on the back line, he's even got the addition of Myers, who I completely forgot that they even had until we we started playing them. Um, but, yeah, Tyler Myers is another big body, just like Pareko is on our back line. Um, just a big body with a lot of range. Not quite as skilled as Pareko, but they can definitely they definitely have some good pieces that can keep us away from their goal. Yeah. Isn't there a tender like he, I think I heard he was like six foot seven or something? Jacob Markstrom, he could be. I don't know. I could tell he's definitely tall. Stand like just standing in the net, like feels like There's every a lot shot. of big bodies in the NHL now. A lot of big goaltenders. That's crazy. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Well, hopefully things look better. I saw on Twitter that everybody seemed like they were happy with their performance. That it was their best game since coming back. So yeah. That's definitely promising. The Blues. Sorry. Sorry, I'm still on the Blues. I mean, yeah, I'd say I'd say we definitely showed some flashes, uh, definitely more so than we did in the round robin. Round robin was a little rough. Yeah. But, I mean, those are against the top-tier teams that you know you're going to have to play eventually anyway um, if you're going to make it all the way, go back-to-back. So, if we can get past the Canucks, I think that builds enough momentum for us to uh, – go into the later rounds, especially with us. I mean, there's reseeding after the first round, so you really don't know who you're going to play. Um, but, yeah, if we have to end up facing uh, the Golden Knights, Avalanche, or uh, the Stars again, we already played each of the three of them. We've seen them. We know how to handle them. We're a top-tier team ourselves, so I'm not too worried if we get out of this first round. Let's make it happen. Let's get out of the first round. Damn what do you guys think about the Canucks, though? Like, do you think they serve any fight against the Blues? Like, how many games do you think uh, we're looking at here for this series? Uh, well, I made a, I actually made a bracket before this, uh, the uh, playoffs started, and I actually have them going to six games uh, with the Blues on top. Um, I definitely don't think it's going to be an easy, easy win. Um, I think, I think uh, Vancouver has a lot of young talent that I think um, doesn't really get enough attention. I mean, there's a few pretty big names that do, but uh, as a whole, I think they are in a way kind of an underdog. Um, but I, I think, I think the blues have a good chance of getting out, but I definitely don't think it's going to be easy. We can't like discredit the Canucks either. They're the five seed. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like they're the 11 or 12. They're not like, uh, Montreal or Chicago coming out as the 12th seed out of each of their conferences. They're the five seed for a reason. They were almost one of the top uh, teams that got the uh, the round robin. Yeah. They very well could have taken our spot – or not our spot, but whoever, whoever was in fourth in that round robin, they very well could have been right there with us. So would you say in that aspect that the Blues kind of got – I don't want to say unlucky with the, the matchup in the first round, but – um, just based I wouldn't on the say whole un, 
I wouldn't say unlucky because it was our own doing. We just didn't really play well in the round robin, so sure. you can't really put that on anybody other than ourselves. I just mean that, like, bef- I mean, if you think about it, if the Blues season would have just continued the way it was, like before the bubble, they were like 10 of 12 wins or something like that of the last 12 games, I think. And they were like, you know, they were one of the hottest teams in the league. So I just, my thought process sometimes is just that, like, you know, oh, if things, you know, I know that's a like pretty rosy way to look at it. Like, oh, if, if you know, coronavirus never happened. Well, you can blame, but, yeah, you can blame COVID for that one, Dom. Yeah, that's well, that's what I'm saying. Before basically. before the virus hit everybody and it shut down the league for a little bit, everybody was saying that they fully expected the Blues and the Bruins to be back in the Stanley Cup Finals playing again. It was a complete rematch setup. Everybody saw it coming. Big momentum break after what a couple months uh, of not really been able being able to get on the ice. I mean, especially the chemistry with your line mates and stuff like that. It did allow us to get Tarasenko back and everybody. We have a fully healthy team for the first time all season. Yeah. So that does help a lot. But the Bruins were the four seed coming out of the Eastern Conference uh, after the round robin, Blues, fourth seed. So, I mean, it's though it was a big momentum break. But if you're a top-tier team, you're going to be able to get back into it eventually. Mm-hmm. Sure I think so. I think the lack of with it being the round robin games and them not meaning as much as the say the teams of the qualifying round uh, like the Canucks for example they had something to play for very meaningful they knew that if they didn't win that round that they were out that their season was over for us we got to play three games and regardless we were still playing so same thing goes for the Bruins uh, we're top tier teams but we just didn't have that extra motivation to get through the first the first round like the Canucks and other teams did yeah so with them building momentum and getting the experience of these games matter it might have helped the Canucks over us but I don't think it should be that much of a difference all right so Paul you mentioned the Bruins I want to hop over to the east real quick um so they're playing the Hurricanes right and that was last year's semifinal matchup uh, what do you expect to see out of that? Anything different than last year? Or what? Not a sweep. We will not see a sweep this year. No. Why do you say that so avidly? The Hurricanes are just a different team this year. They were they were unexpected last year. Every, they had their big celebrations and stuff, and they really had a lot of hate from other fans from, the, from other teams around the league. Um, but after seeing them – do well last playoffs and have a really good season this year. I feel like they've earned the respect from around the league that they're not just a gimmick anymore. They're not a little just, bit more legit. Yeah, they're not just celebrations after wins. They are. They like to have fun, which it's sports. You're supposed to have fun, but they are a good team. And just like we said about the Canucks, like they're a solid seed. So any chance the Hurricanes beat the Bruins or what? Um, um well, Cable, you talk yeah, on this one. Yeah, like going back to the uh, the bracket challenge, um, I'm in it with about ten guys, and uh, of the ten guys, eight of the guys have Carolina beating the Bruins. Oh wow, wow! Which is, I think I think it's wild. Um, I was, yeah, I was really hoping or not hoping, but I was just assuming it'd probably be about 50, 50. Um, but I, I definitely think, you know, with the Bruins being in finals last year, they're going to be hungry. 
you know, they're going to want to actually make it. They're going to want to have their redemption. Um, I don't think they're going to go away very easily. Um, I could see, I could really see it going either way, way but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely think Boston will come out of this series, but I wouldn't be completely surprised if Carolina beats If them. there's one main advantage that Boston has over Carolina, it's goaltending. And everybody knows, just like in football with defensive wins championships, just like in football, so, so too is hockey. If yeah. you have a good defense or especially a good goaltender, you're going to have a good advantage. Just like how people were saying going into this, even before the qualifying round, Montreal had a great chance. They didn't. They didn't perform very well in the regular season, which is why they were a 12 seed. But with them having Carey Price, who is arguably one of the greatest goaltenders of all time, they have a chance in this situation, in these playoffs, because the regular season didn't really matter. Yeah, I think there's they, something too, like the – sorry. Um, but I, I think there's something too, like the, the idea of like the, the restart, you know, like, you know, all these teams take a big break and you're talking about like these, these goalies and stuff. Like there's – it's one thing to like, like we're talking about with the Blues, like gain that chemistry back and like get used to playing with each other again. And like, it's going to take a while for a lot of these teams, but like you're talking about a goaltender and you're talking about a defense. Like, I just think that if you have like the veterans and like, if you have like one of the best tenders in the league, like that's definitely going to be a big help when other teams are like slowly behind, you know, like, still getting their chemistry back and, like, still figuring out their, like, lines and, like, how everything's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd even say that, like, scoring is huge in the NHL, obviously. You can't win without scoring. But if you're able to stop the chances, like, if you can minimize the chances, I don't know if you watched the Montreal game, uh, the first game against the Flyers, but the save that Carey Price made with his stick – a wide open net. There was a defender in front of the net, but it was right in the middle of the slot. Shot came in. Carey Price barely nicked it with his stick, went over the over yeah, the net. It was unreal. That's an unbelievable save that not many goaltenders can make. That's the advantage that Montreal has. I mean, Carter Hart is unbelievable for the Flyers. He is supposed to be like the next goalie prodigy. And his idol was Carey Price. Like that's an incredible story in itself. But going back to the Bruins Hurricanes. Tuka Rask is better than who? I mean, who do the Hurricanes even have? Morazic? Yeah, Peter Morazic. Morazic was in a middle of the pack, maybe low tier goalie with the Red Wings. The Red Wings were a terrible team yeah. in general, but Morazic was nothing special and like just himself. He's got that whole team mentality around, like the whole Hurricanes team has the team mentality, but the Bruins have that experience, and Tuka Rask has been there so many times that you have to give them the edge. And I'm with Gable on this one. I don't see how the Hurricanes have the edge in that series, especially with the experience of so many of that Bruin on, on that Bruins team. They have almost the same exact team that they had last season. Just like the Blues, we may have lost or gained a couple pieces, like giving up Edmondson for Falk, which we don't even want to touch on that one. Um, <laughs> but the Bruins have almost that same exact team Plus, their youth has now that that same experience that the Blues youth has. 
So you can't really discredit the Hurricanes, but the Bruins should have the edge in that series. Yeah, yeah Gabe, I'm, I'm almost a little bit surprised that you said eight of the ten guys chose the Hurricanes. Yeah, but outside of looking in, it almost seems like the Bruins were the choice. Obviously, I don't know the nitty-gritty details of it, but it seems like Boston was maybe the favorable choice. It seems like people are just giving up on the Bruins yeah. this year because of the round robin. Yeah. yeah, but those same players, those same people have faith that the Blues will turn it around. So it's really, like, almost hypocritical it's at that point. very biased, but – I mean, yeah, I think I think a lot of people kind of count out the whole um, the experience. You know what I mean? Like how Paul yeah. was saying, the, that Bruins team, they, I mean, they've been there more than once. So, you know, they, they know what it takes to win. And I think a lot of people took that round robin and uh, it kind of went to their heads about who's going to make it out and who's going to win. Um, shit, so, hockey's, yeah, I definitely, what's hockey's that? like – I was going to say, shit, hockey's like the hardest – you know, one to win. And so the experience, you, you got to definitely give it, give that some weight when thinking about yeah. that means the most. Yeah. I mean, Paul and I were talking earlier and uh, let's say I, I would hope that this doesn't happen, but if they do redo the format of, of uh, the playoffs, how they do this year, I mean, it takes 16 wins to win the cup, which is known to be the hardest cup, like trophy to right. win in sports. Right. And let's say, you know, someone out of the, the qualifiers wins it. That means that they won 19 games. That's, I mean, that's not easy to do. So a lot of people think, you know, uh, like anyone can just come in and win. But if, if you, you aren't, if you aren't ready to play that many games at least, I mean, you're, you're not going to make it. At that kind of intensity, even at that, you know, it's not just regular season games. These are very important games and, experience matters and depth matters and health matters and all of these things that in a normal regular season, maybe not carries as much weight, but you know, playoffs come around and it's freaking difficult. Yeah, absolutely. So let's speaking of the play in um, rounds and everything like that. So maybe let's get into the matchups a little bit. What do you say? So my question to you guys were, is there a team that snuck in and made it out of the, the, the play in tournament? that maybe you either didn't expect to make it exactly or, or whatever, but by, by some reason they made it in. And do you see them as a threat to the rest of the league? Um, a threat? Like I said, I mentioned the Canadians. As in um, like going deep or, or making a run, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the Canadians, both the Canadians and the Blackhawks were 12 seed, which is crazy. It's, like, but, they but realistic, realistically, in. could you see either one of those teams making a run? I would – Probably see the black if they weren't facing the Golden Knights, I could see the Blackhawks making a run. But the Knights are just they're they're the cream of the crop right now. Like they are the top team coming out of the round robin. Their their momentum is unfathomable. They have every bit of momentum going. But yeah, I mean, I would say the Canadians. I mean, that first round matchup is all goaltending there. I mean, I mean not. Not completely, but, I mean, you got two unbelievable goaltenders playing in that round. So, it really depends on, you know, how they're willing to hold up. Um, and the system around them. Yeah, the system definitely. in front of them is big. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess one that kind of snuck in, I would definitely uh, say Arizona. I mean, they they were – I mean, Darcy Kemper, he was unbelievable in, in that for quite some time. And then he kind of cooled down. What well, he, he got injured for a little, and he wasn't even playing. And then uh, he kind of came back uh, with these uh, qualifiers. But I mean, if he holds up, I think they could 
they could have a chance. Um, but, I mean, playing Colorado in the first round, I mean, those guys are fast and young and good. And I think uh, – and even with a little bit of experience with the with some of the veterans on that team. Um, but I think, I think if they get past Colorado, they could definitely – uh, probably go to the Western Conference final, but I, like I said, it, it would it, take a lot yeah, of momentum for it them. It would, it would, if, if they can beat Colorado, I think they got high hopes. I think the Coyotes tough, this tough year are the Hurricanes last yeah. year. Yeah. They're definitely that team that's like nobody's really taking them seriously. They have a lot of youth. Like Clayton Keller is going to be, he's already unbelievable, but he could be a top 10, top 15 guy in the league at some point. He's incredibly quick. But they have run into a buzzsaw in that Avalanche team. McKinnon, uh, Rantanen, like literally everybody on that team, you go top to bottom, they're unbelievable. Hate to see Eric Johnson up there, (laughs) Um, former blue, first overall pick by us. But, you know, that's in the past. Again, don't want to get too far into that one. That's another rabbit hole. (laughs) But the Avalanche – I mean, you have them sweeping the Coyotes, right? Yeah, I kind of went for – you know, because no one else was was really uh, dabbling in the, the the sweep, and you know, I think I think if uh, um, if Colorado makes it out of the first round and the Blues make it out of the first round and they play each other, I think whoever wins that matchup is going to the Cup. Because both those teams, I mean, I I think I think the Blues from experience of last year know you know every game counts. I hope they start turning it up because I mean last night was. They they played a good game, but it was just obviously they couldn't finish. Um, but I think I think that matchup, if they end up seeing each other, is going to be crazy. Like that's that's going to be who probably represents the West or the um, Knights. Or yeah, the the Knights. Whoever plays the Knights, good that, luck. Yeah, that's also going to be insane. But especially with math and net, you got yeah. Mark Andre Fleury, who's just same as everybody on that Bruins team. He has an incredible oh, amount of experience. Yeah. Um. Last thing I want to touch on with the Blues and uh, Canucks last night, the Canucks nailed so many posts. Yeah. That game could have been wide open for them. Well, they had 20-something shots. They rang the post multiple yeah. times. And we may have two, but it just seemed like there were a couple every yeah. period for them that just square off the crossbar or the post or something like that. Um, but, yeah, for the team that I am most surprised coming out of, the round robin or out of the qualifying round i'd say the coyotes um but the team that came out of that round that i could see going the furthest if it happens the flames the flames are just they are so physical yet so fast goudreau monahan kachuk i mean yeah it's endless for them they have guys that are just gritty they're so quick they're just like the avalanche i'd say in speed maybe a little not as fast as the avalanche but they have that grit that you used to see from, like, the L.A. Kings that were just pounding people into the boards. Or the Bruins do it like – the Blues do, too. We're a very physical team. But those Flames are just – yeah, they're mean. Kachuk, I mean, there's a lot of controversy with him possibly Targeting. intentionally <laughs> injuring uh, Mark Shifley in the qualifying round. And that really could have changed a lot for that, uh, for that series. Uh, going into the boards, lifted his skate up a little bit, might have cut him. Um, the Jets head coach mentioned that he thought it was completely intentional. Kachuk said it wasn't. Of course, he would say that because he doesn't want to get suspended. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's very shifting. That's a very shifting moment in that series. But I could definitely see the Flames going forward. It would be interesting. The Flames, one of the teams I was going to bring up for that, uh, for sure. Um, just looking at like how they beat the Jets, sixteen goals in four games, and they're scoring, they're hot. So and they're know, quick. About- when you got guys like Gaudreau, that's just yeah. he's tiny. He's a small dude, and everybody like. I mean, no pun intended, looks over him. They just look right past him and think of Kachuk, Monahan, and all those guys. Like, they still have James Neal, right? Or is he with the no, – uh, Yeah. He no. might be with the Oilers now. I have no idea. But regardless, they look straight past one of the top guys in the league. Like, he's a, an incredible scorer, but he's just not as fast as, say, the guys on the avalanche like uh, McKinnon. McKinnon is one of the fastest guys in the league. Another – Flames? Oilers. Oilers. Okay. So, James Neal still with the Oilers, who, again, the Oilers got knocked out. McDavid being out of this tournament is huge. The Blackhawks taking him out, as much as we hate to see the Blackhawks move on, them taking out McDavid is kind of big for the league. The fact that they took out him and uh, Leon Dreisaitl out of the first round. Nothing to worry about on that end. You mean big for the league in the aspect of no one has to play them? Yeah, that's yeah, like absolutely. that's like if you took a sport and put the level of Mike Trout in baseball, like that skill on a team and being able to like his impact means more in hockey than in baseball cuz it's not as it's a little bit more individual individualistic in hockey than it is baseball. So if you took the skills of Mike Trout and put it in hockey, that's Connor McDavid. He's yeah. unbelievable. He's game-changing. And with Leon Dreisaitl on there, too, like, they could have been dangerous. But the Blackhawks took him out, which the rest of the league can kind of thank them. So you think if the, if the Blackhawks didn't have to face the Golden Knights, then you'd be talking about them as a, a team that could easily be making an upset? Solely on experience. Yeah, well, sure. Solely for the reasons I said that Boston, you can't count them out. I would say the Blackhawks – I think their goaltending, we talked about this last night, Gable and I, their goaltending is just not good. Dumb. It's It makes no sense. They should have cut ties with Corey Crawford a couple of years ago. He has so many con- uh, concussion issues. And with their backup being uh, Malcolm Subban now, like Subban could be good. We just haven't seen much out of him. He was okay with the Golden Knights when Flurry was out uh, last year. But they could have had Robin Leonard. Yeah. They did have Robin Leonard, <laughs> they and they did. stuck with Corey Crawford instead. And it makes no sense because Crawford's on the back end of his career. But – and like we said, how big goaltending is, if Crawford can step up, they're going to be dangerous. But they're they're an old team. They're very top-heavy in, in the sense of their top guys are getting old. They know like, what it takes to get it done. Yeah, like Taves, Keith, Seabrook, all those guys. I mean, Patrick Kane, you cannot oh, you cannot forget Patrick Kane. He's yeah. – possibly the greatest American to ever play the sport. But with their younger guys, like, they have great talent, but they have no experience. And that's where the Blues gained that experience last year. Our younger guys finally got the experience of going deep in the playoffs and ended up winning it. Like, but if Robert Thomas, at the beginning of that, of the playoffs last year, Robert Thomas had no experience. You had no idea how he was going to play in the playoffs. But you could – it could go either way with these young Blackhawks players. 
certainly interesting um, thinking about the Blackhawks. I don't, you know, of course I don't want them to do well as a Blues fan, uh, as a St. Louis fan. But, yeah, they, they are going to be facing off with that against the Knights. Um, you guys have the Knights winning, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Knights are probably the favorite to come out of the, the West. Yeah, I mean, makes a lot of sense to me. It's too bad the Blackhawks have to uh, face them. Yeah, oh darn. <laughs> yeah, I say that jokingly, mostly. Too bad for Blackhawks fans, I should say. <clears throat> it's okay. There's not many real Blackhawks fans anyway. <laughs> they all died. Um, what'd you say, Jake? They all died out after a few years ago. They all died out? <laughs> yeah. No, are, are there any other matchups you wanted to bring up, Don? Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, there's there's other ones that we should talk about, but, like, let's start with this one, like the, the Lightning against the, the Blue Jackets, um, you know, because we saw the series last year and saw the Blue Jackets sweep the Lightning in round one uh, out of nowhere. I mean, I, I would assume we don't have that happening again. Cause, no. no, I mean, the Lightning already have – they already won the first game. Well, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would just – basically what I'm getting at, I guess, is that I don't think the Blue Jackets have nearly as much of a chance as – I mean, I know no one would have predicted it last year, but it just doesn't look like they have the same, the same team together and the same, like, mojo against this, this Lightning team. I think the Lightning have less pressure this year. Yeah, definitely. They, they were fighting for that President's Trophy. They weren't really even fighting at the end of the season. They had that thing on lock. But they just had the pressure of – they're constantly like over the past couple of years, they've been a top tier team and they have yet to get it done. They have some of the elite players in the league, like Stamkos and Kucherov, uh, Hedman, uh, Vasilevsky and net, like they are built to win. They just can't do it. And we're, we're waiting to see it happen. I would love to see if the blues don't eliminating bias, if the blues don't make the Stanley cup final, I would love to see a Knights versus Lightning. That would be That'd speed, be, yeah. physicality, incredible goaltending. That would be an incredible matchup. So, um, but I mean, if Corpusalo stands on his head, which that's another thing to see, is that 85 saves, they're playing again today. Like they don't have an extra off day after that five overtime. Is Corpusalo going to be able to step up again after an 85 save? limit yeah that's a tough ask um and i mean if for the, the blue jackets from what i've seen like it seems that their strength is their defense and, and goaltending and not scoring 27th in goals for in the regular season and 27th in power play percentage they have a good, decent penalty kill third in goals against you're talking about the blue jackets yeah so, I yeah. mean, just, just basing – like just like you said, like after going five overtimes, like you're talking about their, their best strength and the guy has just broken a record and basically kept the team in, you know, by himself in that game and they still lost. It's like uh, I'm just wondering, like, what else can a man do? He really can't. Yeah. Just stop one more goal. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. And that, yeah, and then make what? one more yeah, save that's after that That's really what he could have done, Dom. I mean, would the Blue Jackets have scored, though? That's, that's also a fair point. 
But I definitely, I definitely have the lightning coming out of that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's there's less to discuss uh, in that matchup, but it is certainly uh, interesting to just look at how different this matchup is uh, compared to. Well, I guess last year expectations wise would have been pretty similar, but you know I think it's more uh, clear cut, and we see the lightning is a more ready team this time. Yeah, I mean Corpusala stood on his head um, in that multiple overtime game, but Vasilevsky is still the clear better goalie in that matchup. Um, I don't mean to keep jumping around to the different matchups, but before we get off the topic of the uh, the goaltending, going over to the Stars Flames matchup, the lack of having of having not no Ben Bishop for the Stars right now. He's day to day. They have Anton Hudobin playing in that right now. The Flames need to take advantage of that. Absolutely. They're already up one game, uh, 1-0 in that series. It's a best of four, so, like, anything could happen. Best seven. Or best of seven, yeah, best two, four. Um, but if the Stars are missing Bishop, that is a huge piece that the Flames need to take advantage of. You just pepper Hudobin, and that, that series should, on paper, be done pretty quickly. <clears throat> the Calgary and Stars when you think it's going to be on done on paper quickly? If Bishop isn't playing – if Bishop doesn't come back real quick and they can just pepper Kudobin for the first couple games and put the Stars in a hole even before Bishop comes back, if Bishop does come back and they're in a hole, it's going to be harder for them to dig out. Or it's going to be easier for them to dig out than having Kudobin in net. But they, they could be down two, three games to nothing with – without their star goaltender. Yeah. Because Ben Bishop I mean, was in the Vezina runner. Like, we are talking a lot about these, these goaltenders, and if they don't – you know, if you don't have your top guy, that's a, definitely a big loss, especially against a team like the Flames, who are, you know, really hot right now scoring goals. And We haven't I, even mentioned the, the Capitals and Islanders series yet. Like, we have yeah, yet that, to talk about yeah. them, and for good reason, in my opinion, I think the Capitals just take that. Yeah. The, te- the Capitals take that series. Like, easily? Uh, five well, games. Yeah. Well, now with the Islanders having one game up, um, I definitely don't think it's going to be Capitals all the way from here, but I, I definitely see them going out of it. I'd say it goes five, six games. I don't think it even goes seven, but I, I, see, six. I see the Capitals saying, what the hell just happened, and we're back. Do you think there's anything to um, – what's his name? Trotz? Barry Trotz. Um, like, do you think he – you know what I mean? Like, former coach of the, the Capitals, like, do you think he, he knows about this team, knows, you know, something like that? Does he have an advantage? Good. Yeah, that's, that's a big advantage. That's a good point. Very big advantage. Um, uh, yeah, he knows the players, but the players know him too. They know his system. Uh-huh. And Trotz wouldn't just – he could change his system up a little bit with all – obviously a whole new team. But coaches usually stick to their own system – uh, because that's what they get hired for. They know, like the the GM and the owner know what they're getting out of a coach just based on their system. So, the players for the Capitals know Trotz's system, and if they know the system, they would hopefully find a way to get around it. So I guess that goes both ways then. Yeah, I don't think one really has an advantage over the other because. Both of them know each other's strengths and weaknesses. But at the end of the day, I think we think the Capitals are the better team and that 
they'll come out yeah. on top. I think they have more uh, star power. Yeah, way more star power, way more, like, secret weapons. Not even really secrets. I mean, we all know about the OV one-timer. And for some reason, teams still just can't cover him on a power play. It's insane. Like, I, for for I don't even know how many years, I've always wondered, like, you know, obviously you can't, you can't just lock down on a guy. But, I mean, he just finds a space, and he finds an open shot. I know where he's at. Oh, absolutely. And and the thing is, everyone knows where he's going to be. But the thing is, they just still, you know, because he's not their only superstar on that team. So they feel the need to cover everyone. But you know, for a fact, they're always just looking for him to get some space, get a shot off and get a just, goal. You can't yeah. Let guy beat you. I don't know why. The thing with that is like, if you compare it to like the NFL, back when AB was on uh, the Steelers, if they doubled up AB, you still had Juju, who had an incredible season because they were doubling up AB and left Juju more open. Well, with in that situation, they took, with that, they, them taking out AB, they left Juju open. So that leaves, if you put a guy on uh, Ovi the whole time, if it's a five on four power play for the Caps, you put a guy on Ovi the whole time, then it's a four on three, and you still have the advantage in the Capitals' favor with Oshi. Uh, Backstrom, uh, Carlson, it, literally the, their whole team, just like the Bruins, like the uh, Avalanche, Lightning, like they're they are the top tier teams for a reason. The Blues, too, you throw them in there, and the Knights, they are top to bottom elite players. Like their fourth line is still a good fourth line. Well, Paul, they're, let me ask you a question then because you keep talking about all these elite players and elite teams. You know, we've kept you on long enough, but uh, I do want to hear your your picks of uh, what do you have going on down to the final, both you and Gable. I want to hear what you have. Um, well, it's kind of funny that we were just talking about the two teams that we think are elite from top to bottom, but I definitely have the Blues and the Caps going to the finals. I think not just because, you know, Blues won it last year and the Caps won it the year before that. I think that's a, that's a poor choice of why you'd pick them. But I think both of them have what it takes and, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I really do think both of them have what it takes. Um, I think Tampa will beat uh, Columbus. I'm not sure really if they could beat the Flyers with their goaltending, but if the Capitals and the Lightning meet in the East, I see the Capitals taking it. Um, and then, yeah, just from my, you know, biased opinion, I think the Blues could definitely go back again. If I eliminate the bias, I think I'm going – I mean, it's it's going to be tough to decide between the Avs and yeah. the Golden Knights, but with the way that the Knights are playing and the goaltending that they have, I'd probably take them in the West. And then in the East, yeah, it's like – it's a toss-up between Bruins, Caps, and Lightning. I'd probably throw – with the star power that they have, I'd probably throw the Lightning on top um, with the – if you account for experience, you're going to have to throw the Bruins on top. And if you have both of them, it's the Caps. The Caps are like a combination of the two of them. They have the experience. They've already won a cup two years ago. And they have the star power top to bottom. So I'd probably reason. say the Golden Knights and the Capitals. But uh, I think the, the Eastern Conference is more of a toss-up from, from the elite teams. Um, but the Western Conference top to bottom from the first seed all the way to the eighth seed current currently is anybody's game. Well, it'll definitely be interesting to uh, take a look at. Um, 
Paul, Gable, I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, you guys yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. A huge help to us and, uh, you know, explaining everything and kind of getting in depth with everything. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm glad to hear you guys talking about it. It's great. Great stuff. Really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Hopefully, hopefully we can have you guys on in uh, the next few weeks here and talk some more hockey. Oh, that was a good interview. What do you say, Don? Yeah, it was, it was a good amount of fun. Um, they're – they know their stuff about that hockey. and yes, uh, I know what they were talking about. <laughs> Way more know, than I did. I, I liked it a lot. It was fun talking some hockey with them. Um, hopefully we can have them on in uh, the next few weeks, talk some more hockey as the playoffs go on. Um, Maybe see what Stanley Cup looks like. See if yes. they're right. I want to know what about to say. See if they're right. Yeah. See what we the think. The true test uh, will come if they actually know hockey. It's a, we're about to find out. If they actually hopefully, know hopefully by then we know that the Blues figured their shit out and that they're good. Yes. Please blues the st louis blues see how easy that rings the st louis blues it's just it's, there's no sc club. no city well paul gable i appreciate you guys being on it was a lot of fun um thank you very much for your insights and your opinions it was awesome this just in minutes after our episode and our discussion about george kittle the man bleacher report breaks news that the chiefs and Travis Kelsey agreed to a deal. Yeah, literally like a few hours after the Kelsey news breaks. It's funny that we were Kittle, just talking Kittle. about it. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious to see like, no the numbers. numbers yet. Yeah. But they just paid Mahomes and Jones like a gazillion. Mahomes so, got paid. <laughs> and now it looks like Kelsey's en route to being paid. Well. I just, I'm just lo- on That's Bleach funny. Report looking at what people are saying, like responding to it, and I saw one guy said, they turned salary cap mode off. <laughs> Where are they finding this money? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be uh, – all I know is that this is all they have. They better so. have some damn good accountants over there. That's all I Man. have to say. Wow, how, how ironic is that? Just after Kittle, we got done talking about what tight end is next. Uh, here we are. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. I mean, you know, it's it, at least it's him. No one unexpected or anything. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, I'm he glad deserves it. I'm glad that came in before we were able to break this podcast loose. Yeah, so good for <laughs> good for Mr. Kelsey. Good, good for Mr. Kittle. Good day for tight ends, I guess. Wow, great day for tight ends. If you're a tight end, Mark Andrews 13th. is smiling. Mark Andrews is texting his agent right now. Hey man, I want a piece of the pie. How many yards do I have to get this year to do that? To get hey, man, can I do, let me go to like a charity right now. Show them a good person. Like, <laughs> yeah. tell them I'm at Ronald McDonald's house. Give me the money. I am ready. I caught all the touchdowns. Give it to me. At Ravens, where you at? That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's a good bit of news. Add that to the list. How about yep. that? Um, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. And Until next time, all you followers out there, stay tuned. Keep listening. Um, we'll have more to come very soon. And um, Like, subscribe, share. Tell your friends. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Until then, we'll see you next time. See ya.